Grab your Bibles, gather your families as we prepare to read the text from God's Word this morning. In John chapter 13, verses 1 through 17. When you get to John chapter 13, look up at me and say, Jesus. All right. Would you please stand for the reading of God's Word this morning? John chapter 13. Verses 1 through 17. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God, and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now. But afterward, you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, Westside. Um, It is good to be with you today. And just as Pastor Tyler was reading the text, um, I just want to speak to the men and to the dads really quickly. Um, A lot of times I have a lot of conversation with some men and some fathers who say, how do I lead my family? I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to gather and read the Bible. And if anything that is going on in this current crisis, men, God has set us up for such an opportunity as this. So over these next couple of weeks, I want you in the living room with your family, with the Bible, praying, singing, doing those things for your kids to see in your home, for your wife to see you in your home with your kids, Bible open, learning God's word. I think this is an opportunity for us. It is not an obstacle, what we are looking at. It is a real opportunity. I'm also reminded that um, God's timing really is perfect. Uh, Galatians says that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. Um, When Jesus was born, uh, he was born under the Roman rule and reign. 
and it was known as the Pax Roma, which is actually the, the peace of Rome. It was the most prosperous that Rome had been during that time. And what Rome was doing is they were building and constructing roads and that actually led to Rome. So the saying, all roads lead to Rome, that's where that comes from. Um, and, and the road system was, was a new technology, actually. And so people were able to travel and get places and news was able to spread so much faster then. And so when this Jesus began teaching and he would go to towns and the crowds met him there, it was because of that type of technology that Rome had instituted that the gospel was able to spread. And I believe that in this day, through the Roman road of the internet, if you will, that God will use these days and he will use the internet, Facebook, and social media to spread the message of Jesus Christ much further than we would even ever imagine, Westside. Um, the vision for us as a church is gospel community mission. And guess what? Even in the midst of this crisis and pandemic, that doesn't change. And so here's what I want us to do over these next three weeks. We're going to be looking at a sermon series called Washing Hands and Washing Feet. And, and here's what I mean by that. Um, obviously, we have to live in the world right now of the CDC regulations and washing hands and cleanliness and all of that stuff. But our mission as Christians and as members of Westside does not change at all. So what we have to do is we have to live in the tension, if you will, of sort of both worlds. Of, of washing hands, but at the same time, washing feet. And, and what I mean by washing feet is, man, it, it, it'd be really nice to know. It'd be really nice to know that if Jesus was facing a crisis, if there was almost a life-altering event that was going to happen, man, I wish the Bible was so relevant that we would know what Jesus would do. Um, glad you asked, because we do know. We do know what Jesus would do. Think about this. Jesus knew that he had one night left with his family, with his friends, and the people he loved. One night. He knew that this was it. And what we see him do is we see him serve other people that he washes his disciples' feet. And just in this regular act, there's profound theological implications. And so, um, Westside, the big idea today and over the next three weeks, if there's anything pastorally that I can just drill home to us as members and as believers and as followers of Jesus Christ, it is this, Christians in a crisis are concerned for others not consumed with themselves. That's the message. Christians amidst a crisis are concerned for others not consumed with themselves. This is the message. When everybody's buying up the toilet paper or this, that, and the other, when the whole world goes into self-preservation, the Christians step up and stand out with selfless acts of love and kindness 
and generosity and care. Westside, please listen to me. If there is anything that would make us change the world and stand out, it is concern for others in a season when people are consumed with themselves. And so the only thing I know how to do um, is to preach God's word to you. And so um, I've got a big idea, which we just discussed. And I got three points. All right. And so we're going to look at the text that was read and see um, when should I care for others? How should I care for others? And, and why should I care for others? Um, how about this one? When should I care for others? John sets us up when he says in verse one, now before the feast of the Passover. Okay, you got to understand, this is a huge deal, the feast of Passovers. Think um, the 4th of July in Texas, like that type of a big deal, okay? Everybody travels to Jerusalem. Um, there's meals that need to be prepared. It is epic. There are tons of people. Needless to say, it is busy, busy, busy. And also, um, this is recorded in the last week of Jesus's life. Um, did you know that there are 89 chapters in all of the Gospels? Okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 29 of those 89 chapters are completely devoted to the last week of Jesus's life. That's how big of a deal it is. And so, man, I wish we knew kind of what Jesus's Google calendar looked like the last week of his life. Um, glad you asked. We actually do. And so let's just run through that. Um, Sunday, he walks two miles to Jerusalem from Bethany, where he was at. So two miles, hot, um, in some Birkenstocks. Yeah, not, not the easiest journey. Monday, a uh, real light day. It's the triumphal entry. Um, and he actually clears the temple. Remember that? He has the whip, turns over the tables, does all that stuff, um, preaches, and then he takes on the chief priests. Tuesday was a little bit lighter day. He predicts his death, burial, and resurrection, preaches, takes on the religious leaders, and then Judas signs the contract to betray him. Wednesday, Jesus preaches in the temple, warns people against the religious leaders, and then actually weeps over Jerusalem. So now we're looking at physical tiredness, emotional drainage, all of that stuff. Thursday, teaches Passover with the disciples, washes feet. Um, Friday, he is beaten, he is scourged, he is nailed to a cross and hangs there for six hours and dies. Saturday, known as Silent Saturday, and then Sunday he rises from the grave. This is Jesus' last week on earth, and we're trying to balance the soccer schedule. Do you see how radical this is? When, when do I care for others? Um, the answer, consistently. Consistently. All the time. In a world that is consumed with itself, Christians consistently care for others. And listen, the only way that that's going to work, the only way that we consistently care for people is if it's a conviction, not out of convenience. Because I don't know about you, but like, when has it ever been convenient to serve somebody else, right? Um, not at all. It has to be a conviction that's deep down in us. Um, so when do we care for others? Consistently, 
all the time. It's a routine for us. The second question is this, um, how? How do I care for others? Well, John gives us so many details. Look, um, look at the verbs found in verse four. Rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a, a basin, began to wash his disciples' feet, to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Um, I think we can pull some, some principles as to how. How do I care for others? Well, the first thing that we have to do is um, we have to get low. Get low, which is, which is humility. Notice what John says right before that in verse 3. Look at verse 3 compared to verse 4. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, all things into his hands, and that he had come from God. And then John hits us with verse 4. Do you see what he's doing? Verse 3 and then verse 4. Um, this is humility on a level that, that our minds can't even comprehend. That Jesus went from the angels singing day and night, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. It says that the angels had to use their wings to cover their face because they couldn't look upon the glory of Jesus. Jesus foregoes that, steps out of heaven and comes to earth to hear human beings say, not holy, 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 but crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. This is a humility that, that we can't even comprehend. And it's, it's to get low that Jesus is. Can you right now just imagine? Can you imagine Jesus kneeling at your feet? at my feet and washing them. You see, when, when we care for others, it's, it's not out of convenience for ourselves. It's not, um, well, I'm going to do this, so then this will happen, because you're actually just caring for yourself when you do that. It's, it's sometimes, um, well, I'm going to do this in expectations that then this will happen. Not Jesus. He just gets low and he humbles himself. We get low and then this, um, to wash feet, you, you have to get close. So now we've seen humility and now we see intimacy, right? It's interesting, everything that's going on right now, um, social distancing, social distancing. And you can almost feel the angst and the desire now for what it is to interact with another human being. What, what physical touch actually is. And um, social distancing doesn't mean relational disconnection during this season. So, so in order for us to get low and then still get close, we have so much time right now. What would it look like to um, humble ourselves and enter back into that relationship with our mother, our father, that we've distanced ourselves from? What if this is the time and the season to get low and to humble ourselves into relationships that we know that are broken and fractured? You see, Jesus, he, he gets close. He presses in. 
So we get low with humility. We get close with intimacy. But then this, um, you have to get dirty. And that's activity. So it's not just this idea that um, I'm going to do this and it's not going to affect my life. When Jesus washes their feet, the dirt that was on their feet now gets upon his hands. And that's also what we know in, in the good news of the gospel is, is the great exchange, as Martin Luther said. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. You see, in the transaction of salvation, we give Jesus our sin and Jesus gives us his righteousness and good standing with the Father. It's, it's active. Um, as, as the great theologians DC Talk once said, right? Um, love is a verb. It's something that we do. And in this season, what does it look like? Um, does it look like a letter that's mailed? Does it look like a phone call of, hey, hey, with everything going on right now in the world, my priorities have shifted. And I've realized that this relationship is much more important to me than I could ever imagine. When do we care for people? Consistently. Consistently, it never changes. How do we care for people? We get low, we get close, and we have to get dirty. But we need a motivation, right? Why? Why do we care for people? Is it just this Christian thing that we do? Like, what's the basis of all of this? And Jesus actually tells us, he says, verse 14, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. I it's so beautiful, right? Jesus is not asking us to do anything for others that he has not first done for us. And so to very simply put it, why do we care for other people? Because Jesus is so graciously cared for us through his death, his burial, and his resurrection. You see, Westside, during this season, our salvation is our motivation. We are not a self-consumed people, but we are a selfless, caring people. Because as Paul said in Philippians 2, that Jesus did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant. I want to close with this. Um, I love Bibles. I, I collect them. I have a ton of them. I use different ones all the time. But probably um, in my library, this is one of the most prized books and Bibles that I have. Um, this is a Bible cover that's actually made from a state-issued penitentiary jacket that they give um, convicted criminals in the state penitentiary. Uh, the local tattoo artist there in the penitentiary sketched um, a picture of Jesus on it. And it comes from probably one of my closest friends in my life. He wasn't a Christian and made some choices and ended up um, in the federal penitentiary. And when he was there, uh, they had chapel. And everybody goes to chapel, according to him, when you're in the federal penitentiary because it gets you out of your cell, right? So whether you want to go to chapel or not, we're all going to chapel. And there was a lady that was in chapel that evening. And she had some bruises and whatnot on her face. She gave her testimony. 
She said that just a few weeks before that she had been mugged, robbed, and assaulted. And had to fill out a report and do all those things. And she was a Christian. She spoke with her uh, local priest that she was a part of, the parish there. And the priest said, wash feet, wash feet. For Jesus even washed Judas's feet. Wow. So what'd she do? Um, she went to the local prison that was there and she began to wash feet. And so um, my good friend said that, that he stood in, in the back of the room to sort of watch what this woman was doing. And he said that he moved to the back of the room because he was like, this is weird. I do not want this woman to wash my feet at all. And he said that he watched her wash feet of grown men who were convicted criminals. And then finally, she made her way to him. And he said he looked in her water vase and the basin, and it was full of water. You see, he said that he moved to the back of the room because he said by the time that she gets to me, um, she'll be out of water, and then she can't do it. But maybe a miracle, the water was full. And she said, I wash your feet in the name of Jesus Christ. And he said, I broke because I never had seen a selfless love like that before. You see, Westside, this is the season and this is the time for us not to be self-consumed, but selflessly care for others. And so right here on the gathering tab on the website, there's going to be some application ways for us to wash feet over these next couple of days and over these next couple of weeks. But let us close in prayer with the words of how Jesus taught us to pray. Right where you're at, Westside, lift your voice out loud. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.